0: right hook radio podcast is back for another episode we've got a ufc fox 24 recap we've got ufc middleweight sam alvey joining us later on and we have a breakdown of ufc nashville this weekend lads i need to ask you a question i need to ask you a question it's been debating since saturday night is mighty mass the greatest of all time
1: yeah i think he is um i don't know i just Silva, I, I don't know why. I've just never been too big of a Silva fan. Um, what? But I, I just never have.
0: Oh, oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to stop you right there, mate. What did you just
1: say? I've never been a Silva fan. I've never been a big Anderson Silva guy.
0: Right, right, okay.
1: But, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I don't think he's one of the greatest of all time, but I've just never been too big a fan of his. I never really cared for for his fights. But... um. Yeah, I, I, like, I like Demetrius. I like, uh, you know, he's, he's finishing fights now. His technique is flawless. He's dominant in every aspect of MMA where Silva, you know, struggled against elite wrestlers and he'd get taken down pretty easily. But Mighty Mouse seems like he can hang with the best of anyone. So um, I'd give it to him and I think he's going to break the record. He's wiped out his division clean. Um, he's beaten, you know, some guys twice. Uh, and if he goes up in, in weight class and is able to win a belt there, I mean, that's just pretty much going to wrap it up for him, but yeah, once, I think right now, uh, it's a little too, too early to call him the greatest. I think he is the greatest. I thought he already was before this fight, but, um, I think once he beats the record officially in his next fight, then it'll be, you know, official, but yeah, um, I'd call him the greatest right now. Yeah, I think you have
2: to, man. I think um, I think this past weekend did a lot for Mighty Mouse. To be honest, I know the numbers. I don't think the numbers. Don't think it did great numbers again. But um, yeah, there was a lot, a lot going for, for Demetrius Johnson this weekend, and to go out and um, get that submission win over a jiu-jitsu black belt like Wilson Mises. I think my Mouse is a white belt, right? So it just goes to show that yeah, in the key, but, yeah, in the key, yeah, yeah. So he was. Um, and, you know, he was saying he's out wrestling these guys who are NCAA wrestlers. He never wrestled in college and all this, that, and the other. So he's just um, he's just got it all, man. He's got it absolutely all. And like John just said, I think the one thing that was probably tarnishing his legacy a little bit was the fact that a lot of his fights went to a decision. Naturally, they were that lower weight class, so we see more of those. But like just John just said, you know, we're seeing a lot more finishes now. And the way he handled that submission that he got on the weekend was, was amazing to get the armbar like that. Um so I think you've got to give it to him, man. And Like you've watched on sale, I think he will break the record, and then he'll move up and take on probably the winner of uh, TJ Garbrandt or Cruz, That little whoever wins comes out of that little trilogy that's going on there. I think he'll fight the winner. Yeah, but, and as far as, um, as his did numbers Did you watch him go. live?
1: Yeah, I watched oh, him live, but as far as his numbers go, uh, I think he posted the lowest in the history of the program. I like think in the history of UFC <laughs> on Fox, they were a record low, so... Yeah, that just goes to show you and he was uh, he was uh I think he said on I can't believe, I can't remember if it was Twitch or if it was on an interview, but he said that he asked uh his followers if they'd seen any pro uh, you know promotion or commercials for his fight and they some people didn't even know he was fighting and some people hadn't even seen the first, you know, uh commercial till a week before at UFC 210. Which is just crazy. They could have promoted the hell out of him with, you know, history being on the line and everything. But yeah, they don't. And then uh, I was watching Max Holloway on Twitch last night, and he was the saying the same thing. You know, like he hasn't seen any promotion for his fight with Jose Aldo either. And it's a really big fight. And uh, that he agrees with everything Mighty Mouse has been saying. So yeah, um, I think the. A lot to blame for these numbers is not just Mighty I mean, it's not even Mighty Mouse. It's the UFC, you know, their lack of promotion of him and other fighters.
0: Yeah. I, uh, the only person to compare him with, you know, obviously is Anderson Silva because he's got the same amount of title defenses. Um, Mighty Mouse is obviously a more complete fighter. He's the most complete fighter MMA's ever seen. He does it all. You know, it, it, usually when you get someone as well-rounded as him, he's someone who doesn't do anything great and they do everything good. He literally does everything great. And quickly going back to the, the fight of the weekend, it was absolutely flawless yet again. Um, I think it sort of went how most people thought it was going to go. Um, even Wilson accepted it. You know, he was a ranked number three flyaway and he just got blown out of water, Just like Jay Benavides and Henry Cejudo have as well. So in that aspect, I think there's different ways you can weigh up. Anderson Silva was a much bigger draw, you know, when Anderson Silva fought, it was like epic, you know, the, the, the world, the world stood up, um, and Anderson Silva sort of faced a little bit of adversity in a lot of these fights, you know, so it, I like to see a champion do that, you know, sometimes when a champion's so dominant after a while, people sort of lose interest a bit where Anderson Silva faced a little bit of adversity, um, probably did it in a, you know, probably did a few things in more spectacular fashion or it was promoted in that way. Um, DJ is getting a lot more finishes, but when you actually weigh it up as like a, a superstar who had some spectacular finishes, but then the more complete fighter who's never really been troubled, um, on his run, you have to give it to DJ and, and he will probably, you, you might be, able, like John said, you won't be able to argue that after his next title defense. So that'll be the case, but an unbelievable, unbelievable. fight. I don't think you're going to ever see anyone that well-rounded again, just because I think it's got a lot to do with his size. Um, and the speed that he can transition you know even if something is slightly flawed the speed of it will work um it's really hard to to break down someone who moves that quick you know because any he he, he could change one wrong footstep in a second um and it's not a wrong footstep so doesn't get as punished as much if he makes a mistake and he's just absolutely flawless but as an overall superstar and the greatest of all time I i still think it's anderson silva a
2: valid argument, mate, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of it going out on Twitter and Instagram over the last couple of days and everyone's got their opinions. But at the end of the day, they're both unbelievable. John Jones could have done the record, but he's obviously done his things. GSP steps away before he probably was going to get caught. Um, but moving on to the co-main, the people's main event, which I was looking forward to the most. Um, a little bit of a shocker, not a little bit of a shocker in, in most people's eyes, but I really favored Walterson in this fight. I know you two did as well when we did the breakdown on the last episode, but Nami Yuna has just come out and looked like an absolute beast. I mean, that head kick she caught Walterson with before she submitted her was Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey-esque. Um, and what did you boys think of it anyway?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That head kick reminded me of the Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey fight. Um, but yeah, I... you know. I, the only I, I, right off the bat, I thought Michelle, you know, was going to do well because she got that throw and she got her down. But then Rose, you know, flipped position on her, and and from then on out, man, it was all Rose all night long, and she really, uh, you know, and I think a lot of it was us. I don't want to say buying into the hype, but I can't think of any better word. But because um, it's not just hype behind Michelle, I think she has a great skill set, but Rose. uh you know, she's she's only had what eight to nine professional fights, maybe ten, and this was her tenth. Yeah. yeah, and and she she's fought like the best of the best already, man. And she she's already, uh, you know, Dana White said she's next in line for the title shot. I mean, that's crazy to think that she's going to get that title shot. We haven't seen that since what Brock Lesnar uh, getting a title shot with less than ten fights. So that's great for her. Um, but I was really impressed by by uh, her performance. That that everything she did, man, uh, was great. As soon as she got taken down, flip position, and head kicked uh, Michelle, I think that was in the second round. And from then on out, man, it was just that was it. So it was it was tough to see Michelle get beat down like that. Uh, you know, we've had her on the show before, and uh, she's just she's a great person, great person to talk to. But that was just a great showing by Rose, and I'm really interested to see. How she matches up with either Jessica Andrade or Joanna Janjacek. Uh we'll see how that whole thing plays out. But it's going to be fun. The strawweight division is getting a lot of talent, so it's a lot of a lot of fights to be made going
0: forward. Quick question: You you got no qualms about getting the next title shot, both of you?
1: No, no, no problems no. at all. Mm-mm.
2: I think the winner of this got the shot, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: yeah. What did you unfair. think of the fight, Jack? Mate.
2: Yeah, I was like I said, I picked Michelle to win. Um, in in my pitch, she's a fat. Uh, um, friend of the podcast but yeah man that head kick, jesus christ and it was really sad to see i saw a horrible slow-mo video of uh rose squeezing the fuck out of michelle's head and no blood was pouring out of her nose it was pretty nasty yeah. to watch man but um i've seen a um i've seen a, a photo afterwards of her and uh, of michelle and her kids and her husband sporting nice and two nice black eyes but yeah rose rose is a deserved winner on the night mate and um i'm really looking forward to that to that match up with uh, you Jane Chackle, aren't really
0: yeah, she Yeah, um, she, she sort of performed like she did in the tough house. You know, she, she dived on submissions. She was just, when Rose is on, she's on. And I think that's why a lot of people were quite surprised when Carolina beat her. Because when Rose, is, you know, is on top form, she's on top form. But then we did see her lose to Esparza in the tough final. And we did see her get beat by Carolina. And that's what swayed me towards walterson I thought walterson might get it done and Rose sort of fade sometimes when it, start, it don't start going her way. But then when she got taken down in the first round, I thought, oh, this could be it. But she she come back, mate, and that head kick and that rear naked choke, like Jack said, she squeezed on it. She jumps on submissions. I remember she submitted Angela Hill, took her back and just squeezed the fuck out of her neck. Um, really excited as well to see her get the winner of that fight. Um, I'm going to move on to this next one, and I'm going to let you boys take the mic here, yeah? because I said what was going to happen last week. You boys went for Jacare. What did you think of Robert Whitaker's performance, man? He's going to... Him and Kelvin Gasolin taking a 185 division by storm, mate. By absolute storm.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot about Kelvin until you mentioned him right now, mainly because of that USADA thing. But uh, yeah, man, that was crazy to see. uh, To see, you know, Robert come out there and just stuff every takedown attempt from Jacare and that left hook was landing all night long that left hook of Whitaker's is something deadly man every every time that landed Jacare was wobbled so um, that was a great performance by him he's a he's such a strong dude and uh you know he excellent takedown defense like I said but if he were to fight someone like Yel Romero I think that's a true true test to see how good his takedown defense really is and I think he could at this point I, I really do think he could uh, you know, stuff a few of uh, Yoel's takedown uh, attempts and keep it standing. And if so, he's one of the better strikers and middleweight. So uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he goes mm. against someone like Luke Rockhold, who he'll probably be matched up with next, or Gegard Mousasi, somebody like that. Um, who would you prefer, John? Who
0: would you prefer? To I prefer the next?
1: Rockhold fight. I think it yeah, makes the yeah. most no sense at this at this time, just because the Gegard win kind of has a little bit of an asterisk over it, just how everything went down. Um, plus, he hasn't even re signed his contract yet, so I'm not really putting him in the picture at this moment. But, um, yeah, I would prefer just as a fan and just how everything makes sense at the moment, I'd prefer uh, Rockhold versus Whitaker. And I think that's probably what they're going to do next. And that's going to be one hell of a fight. But, yeah, Robert Whitaker's the real deal. That was that was a great fight. That was a great performance.
2: We said, man, I mean, yeah, we said that um, Whitaker would be dangerous in that first sort of first half of the fight. And, um, the first, I think, I predicted Jackeray to win, and I said if Whitaker was to win it, he needed to get it out in the first. And I'm, um, I was close-ish, but yeah, dude, Whitaker is. You know, those first sort of seven and a half, eight minutes, he comes out with like a storm, and when he catches, if he catches you, it's, it's game over. And again, it was kind of a night of the head kicks in the main event. Uh, sorry, in the main card this weekend. I mean, there was, some, yeah. that was such a clean shot he caught Jackeray with few people contested the stoppage i didn't have too much of a problem with it myself yeah i was
0: to ask you about it did you what, what did you think
2: john quickly mate and jack i thought it was okay i wasn't too bothered about it but there was a few people that contested it
1: yeah you could see he was done even before that so mm. kind of when that happened i mean i was I, I didn't i didn't contest it too much i thought it was the right call he was clearly hurt way before yeah. that uh he had he'd been really pushing through to stay in the fight up until that point. So I had no problem with the stoppage. I don't think it was too early or anything like that. I think it was uh, a very good stoppage.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think Jack Ray would probably agree with you now. Looking back on it, he probably didn't want to go out cold at 37 years old. That would really, really dent any title hopes in the end. But he'll come back from it. He'll probably maybe try and adopt a a Damian Meyer game plan of, of really just going for the takedown straight away, but Robert Whitaker's tactics, man, that footwork and then I think Brian Stan mentioned it on the commentary, he had his hands real low and it weren't because he disrespected Jack Ray strike and it's because he respected the takedown so much and he wanted his hands low so he could get the underhooks quickly as he shot in. Um, I really like the Luke Rockhold matchup, I think that's fantastic. And I see Luke Rockhold post out on his Instagram today saying he's back. It showed him kicking pads. Everyone knows that he sort of had knee problems and he's, he didn't want to go into a training camp where he couldn't kick. So hopefully um, they can maybe get a quick turnaround and uh, maybe get on one of them summer, summer cards because I want to see Luke Rockhold back in in action as well. Um, quickly, the last fight on the main card, Jeremy Stevens, Stephens. I, I didn't expect him to lose to... Uh, homeboy renato mate that's another addition to the 145 division he's actually unbeaten um and he put in a good performance against stevens man stifled him what did you think
1: yeah a lot of people didn't like the way he was fighting but i mean this is mma and, and you you have to fight a certain way in this sport and i i you know i was a fan of it i liked it he showed great movement picked his shots well Uh, he was really moving around the octagon really well and and steven's kind of tired out. He was just he was walking him down at one point You know, he he lost his footwork He was just walking walking him down just trying to take him out with a heavy shot and it didn't work um, so yeah This was a really good addition to the featherweight division like you said and uh, i'm excited to see him going forward That's a big win to have under your belt So, uh, yeah, i'm I'm excited to see one who they match him up with next and and two how he performs when he gets up into the you know upper echelon at the at 145 but yeah that was a great win for him and uh i'm I'm really excited to see him i I really like that performance
2: yeah stevens was um just to go on what john said some people weren't happy stevens was pointing to the middle of the ring would not he and trying to get him to stand there and bang and this guy was like fucking i'm not gonna stand and bang there with you like why would i do that when he's got the movement and uh he, he tired stevens out man and steven like john said stevens was just walking him down he had no movement at all and homeboy was just in and out Strikes, catching Stevens. I actually I didn't think it was a split decision at all. I think that guy won every round in my book. Yeah. Um yeah. so I, I'm not sure where the split came from at all. I think Stevens Stevens looked pissed at the end that he didn't get the result and I think he should have lost thirty, twenty seven. But um yeah, man, bit out of nowhere, if I'm honest. There wasn't much talk about this guy. It was it was kind of oh, Stevens is back, you know, he's fighting uh, this random dude, but this is it, mate, in the UFC, anything can happen and um I'm looking forward to Renato's next performance for sure.
0: Yeah, no easy fights in the UFC quickly um on the prelims Volkov picking up a win over Roy Nelson. You know, if Roy Nelson doesn't get the knockout, I think we said it he usually loses by a decision. Another decision loss for him. Volkov was a giant, mate. I, he looked absolutely huge against Roy. And obviously Roy's not the biggest of heavyweights. He's obviously, you know, carries a lot of extra excess body weight around his stomach, but he's not the tallest or he hasn't got the the biggest frame in the heavyweight division and Volkov just looked huge against him. And mm-hmm. sort of employed that steep, heat, uh, steep Amezcua tactic that he did against Nelson, and just sort of outworked him. Uh, got a good win. Tim Elliott versus Louis Smoker. What a fight that was on the prelims, man! That was unbelievable. Did you enjoy that one? That was
1: a scrap, man.
0: Uh, that was a good That's fight, man. Sweat. Yeah, those ground
1: really- transitions were beautiful. Everyone was just rolling around, and and Smoker was rolling out of everything. And man, yeah, it was great. It was really fun. But uh, yeah, that was that was that was a, that was the fight of the night
0: wasn't it um yeah. i think it was yeah yeah, yeah. dana was, yeah, was, dana
2: dana fight, was saying yeah. he's only he was sort of saying you only ever see sort of a handful of those kind of fights i think he reeled off a few i can't recall them now but diego sanchez like,
0: nick diaz comes to yeah, yeah
2: those kind of fights man where it's just transition after transition and it was just uh it was a great skill set to watch i'll be honest
0: yeah, well, even Louis Smoker said it in his interview. He said that he, he you know, he sees him and Tim Elliott very, very similar fighters. Enjoy the scrambles, and he, he wasn't wrong. And to be honest, mate, after Elliott's performance against DJ, he he might not be too far off of getting a rematch from Mighty Mouse. Um, personally, I would like to see Mighty Mouse fight Ray Borg. I think he's been he's been fantastic. But Elliott, you know, he's he's, he's making a good case. And if Ray Borg doesn't get that title shot, sure, I'd love to see Elliott fight Ray Borg. That would be an unbelievable fight. Um, Al Jermaine Sterling, a uh, friend of the podcast, got back on the win streak. He um, adopted a little bit of a different game plan, and uh, I liked his comments. He came out and said that he changed his game plan because the judges don't know what they're looking at. <laughs> a bit of a bold <laughs> statement. Um, yeah, I suppose he'll be with uh, old Raging Al in fight week this week, uh, probably pumping Raging Al. We'll probably see a great post-fight interview from Raging as well, mate. So, You're booing Ra- me? You're booing me? Great win for Sterling, and I'm going to annihilate Homeboy's name. I think everyone knows what I'm going to be talking about on the prelims. Tom, I have no idea how to say second name, but Homeboy did the splits after he won. He looked fantastic as well, mate. That's Fight Recap. Yeah, that's, fight recap. Yeah, that's yeah. fight recap wrapped up, mate. We're going to take a quick second, mention our sponsors, and we'll be back with This Week in MMA.
2: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Wink, the world's only personalized wine club. Have you ever been in the wine aisle at your local store just staring at the massive selection of wine with no idea which bottle to choose? I know I have. Well, the days of playing Russian roulette with your wine selections are over. Wink is a revolutionary new wine club that takes the guesswork out of choosing your wine. They have a simple six-question palette quiz that will match you with a delicious high-quality wine you are guaranteed to love. Right now, Wink is offering listeners $22 off your first order, when you go to trywink.com rhr and it gets even better i know you all hate paying for shipping so wink will actually pay for your shipping on orders of four bottles or more only at trywink.com rhr that's t-r-y-w-i-n-c dot com
0: rhr start drinking personalized wine selections today we are back this week in mma we've got a few topics to quickly cover uh, I don't know if you boys have been looking at Twitter recently, but Cormier, Manoa, and Jones are in a little bit of a love triangle, mate. Have you been seeing the uh, seeing the beef online?
1: I've only been seeing it between Cormier and uh, Manoa, and uh, I think he said something like "sign the papers," and Cormier said "I did" or something. So I don't know. Uh, it seems it seems like BC versus Manoa want you know they they're trying to get that done, and then there's also stuff coming out that you know cormier could be fighting john jones at 213 or 14 um so yeah uh, th- this is crazy i myself believe that obviously their top priority is dc versus jones too um but man honestly i've said it before nothing against him he's he's a great dude and everything but i i just he's a very one-dimensional fighter he has that great striking and great power but aside from that, man, DC would ragdoll him, uh, you know, all over the octagon, and if it went to the ground, I think you'd just be seeing the same fight you see with Rumble, only faster, so, uh, I, I don't, I, I think he needs a couple more wins, I mean, his his biggest win is against Corey Anderson, uh, whenever he fights, you know, guys that are highly ranked, like, uh, like Alexander Gustafson, it doesn't go too well for him, so, uh, and Anthony Johnson, we saw what happened on there, so, um, yeah, I, I think DC versus uh, versus Jones is probably where they want to put their priorities on. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the man of a fight either just because of everything you know Jones' history and and Dana not wanting him to headline a card. But we'll see what they do.
2: Oh, if Jones is available, then there's um, there's no there's no doubt that it's going to be Jones Cormier. Um, in my opinion, I think that's that's obviously the fight to make. Uh, I agree with John. I'm a big Man of a fan. Obviously, he's from the UK, but I think he would be in a world of trouble against DC. I think in the first round, and he'd have that, I would say, puncher's chance because he's a bit more skilled than that. But you know, he's got that power to to knock anybody out. But we've seen DC eat that shot from Rumble in their first fight and get up and then throw him around the octagon. So I think that would end really badly for Manoa. And um, you know, we had a few good performances, like John said, he's. It's tricky because you get a few wins in the light heavyweight division. And then what do you do? You have to fight one of these top guys because the division's so light. Well, light, you know what I'm saying. It's so light. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? So it's kind of thrown to the wolves or not. That's all that's left to fight, really. Once you get to that top four, five guys, they're, they're monsters up there. So I don't know, man. I'd like to see Jones and Cormier and then uh, Manor will fight the winner of Glover and um, Gustafsson.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just enjoyed some of the beef, the, some some of the, uh, some of the insults, just going back and forth. You know, Cormier saying Jones has always been on steroids, and a picture come out of Jones looking real skinny, and then deadlifting uh, John Jones, and Manoa saying pretty much, uh, take the fight, DC, and DC, DC sort of saying what you've been saying, that he'd ragdoll him about. It's sort of just, it's all up in the air until they decide. But I think Dana White's probably not going to have a choice. He's probably going to have to have Jones as a headliner. You know, um, on to our next subject, we've got another fight that's been made, uh, official co-main, as well as the TJ Cody uh, fight. Um, we've got Cyborg versus Jermaine for the title. Um, that has been announced for UFC 214, and that is clearly stated that is going to be a co-main event as well. So, it, you know, we're waiting on two main events for 213 and 214, and I believe one of them is going to be Cormier Jones. So... What do you boys think of that? Are you happy to see Cyborg get a title shot and probably win the title, and then uh, and then declare the, the one forty five division as done and <laughs> end it and leave and retire. <laughs>
1: um, I'm excited for her just because I'm a big Cyborg fan. Uh, I, I you know I I love watching her fights. You're guaranteed a hell of a fight. And uh, man, this Jermaine Duran matchup. It's not a great matchup for Jermaine. Um, so I do think she's going to go in there and win the belt uh, rather handily. And I don't know about retiring right after. I think maybe she takes on a couple of top contenders. I'd I, i I'd like to see her fight Kat Zingano. I'd like to see her fight Holly Holm. I'd like to see her fight, even though it's never going to happen, Ronda Rousey. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm i glad that this is going to be, uh, you know, that, that Cyborg's getting her shot at the belt. As far as it being a co-main, I really don't know who else you can put above it other than DC and John Jones, unless you have someone like Nick Diaz coming back to fight Tyron Woodley, who went on Instagram and said he's already in training camp. Um, and I think that'd be his his, his second title defense, right? Because his yeah. first one was against yeah. So um, no, that'd be his no, third. No, that'd, that'd be his third. third. Yeah, 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 that'd be right. his third because he defended Wonderboy, it twice yeah. against Wonder Boy. So he called him a fight. Yeah. <laughs> So,
0: Oh low um, blow. blow.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, there's so many matchups to be made, but yeah, the the one that I that I really think is probably going to be main eventing 214 with uh, Cyborg and Durandami is probably Jones and DC, or like we just said, DC and Manawa.
0: But I I I think they're probably going to go Jones DC. Yeah, you didn't mention a woman that might be fighting Cyborg as well if she becomes champion, and that's the current bantamweight champion, Mate Amanda Nunes. Yeah, but do she's that already shit. said she do doesn't want to fight Cyborg.
1: She's already said she doesn't. Oh, want to fight it? Cyborg. Oh, is she?
0: Yeah. All yeah. oh, right, fair enough. It's good to have Cyborg back, though. You know, she's she's one of the biggest stars in the UFC. Let's not let's not joke about it, mate. She can sell stuff out in Brazil. She is she's mainstream with her feud from with Ronda Rousey. She's been made like a. She's basically the Holly Homer before she fed off Ronda Rousey's uh, fame and and become an enemy. So she's a massive star for the UFC. So great to see her back. Like John mentioned earlier, Woodley posting a picture on Instagram saying he's back in training camp, but no opponent mentioned. There was a slight rumor for about half an hour that it was going to be McGregor. Uh, I believe Helwani shot that down straight away. Um, But my man, Nick Diaz ain't got a fight. Who who do you reckon it's going to be? Jack, sorry. Yeah,
2: I don't know, man. I, see, I was seeing a hell of a lot of stuff that they... Um, I was hearing, seeing shit that Conor was going to wait out his UFC contract before he takes the Mayweather fight because he doesn't want to give the UFC half his pay. So he was going to come back, fight, his, fight out until, his contract out until next year and then go and do the Mayweather fight on his own. That's what I was seeing. And then obviously the Woodley photo came out. So that all kind of went hand in hand with each other. Okay, Connor's coming back for that fur belt. History, make history again. Fight a couple more times and then go do his own thing. So I, I, I kind of, I kind of believed it. I'll be honest. I thought, oh, okay, this is this is what's happening now. Conor's going to come and try and take Woodley's belt. I didn't like that matchup at all, by the way, for McGregor against Woodley. But we'll, um, we'll we won't talk about that too much. But yeah, yeah. so that's been shot. That's been shot down. So I don't know, mate, I really don't know. I mean, GSP's obviously looks like he's going to be tied up with Bisbing at some point. Um, who else can fight Woodley for the belt? Meyer, you know. I'd love, I'd love for them to scrap the Masvidal fight and give my the shot, but that ain't happening. Um, yeah, and the winner of so, that's going to be, able, I'll be be able to have a quick turnaround, aren't So, no. so cool. it isn't Damien Meyer, It's obviously not Jorge Masvidal. So, uh, it, it fucking better not be Wonderboy Thompson for a third time. So I don't. Know who it's be, <laughs> mate. But I, I, feel like whoever it is going to be, it's going to be a bit of a surprise to us. And I feel like I think you might be right there, mate. Maybe it is Diaz. Maybe they got something up their sleeve. Um, Diaz.
0: Oh, imagine. Maybe it's Nate. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Nate stayed up well away. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we're going to end this week in MMA. Um, most of the episode is going to be taken up by the recap and the breakdown. We will be back in a moment. And John got to catch up with Sam Alvey, UFC middleweight. And we're just going to take a quick mention to our social media. Check us out on all things social media. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at White Radio. Send us in your fight picks and interact with the show and other listeners. Keep your eye out for some fun prizes and giveaways. That's at Right Hook Radio, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, you can catch us individually on Twitter, at WilsonScott88, at John MMA, and at Jack Lacey with two wires.
1: All right, we're going to start our UFC Nashville breakdown, but before that, the first fight we're looking at is Sam Alvey versus Thal's latest, and I got to talk to Sam Alvey yesterday, and I'll let you hear that interview right now. All right, I'm here with number three ranked middleweight, Sam Alvey. Sam, how are you?
3: I'm not number three, number 13.
1: I believe that's what I said. It was. Is it not? Did I say three?
3: I, I heard three, but... My my kid was also talking to me right now, so I might have misheard. <laughs> it's fine.
1: Number thirteen ranked. Let's get that straight. Number thirteen ranked. Sam Alvey. Uh, Sam, hope everything's going well for you in training camp. Um, the last time we spoke, you actually were heading into your fight against Nate Marquardt, who you had some history with on the Ultimate Fighter. You ended up winning that fight by uh, unanimous decision back in January. Uh, what was that? You know, what was it like to fight in Denver in that altitude? And what was it like to get a win over a guy who, like we said, you've had history with in Nate?
3: uh you know the altitude wasn't so bad i had fought prior to that fight i fought in mexico city and that was about a thousand feet feet higher um so it wasn't so bad uh then to get the opportunity to fight someone i respect so much like nate uh you know an old coach of mine was just it was a fantastic opportunity and i was so grateful for him to him to take take it and uh, did he tell you anything after the fight did you
1: tell anything to him what was the interaction like after that uh, no, I didn't really
3: get to see him much. You know, I, I, at that point I had been, uh, I had been in Colorado for about two weeks. So I was excited to get home. Um, so I, I, I just went straight home.
1: Oh, okay. And, uh, so after that win, it was a pretty big win for you. Did you take some time off from the gym or did you get right back in there? What have you been doing since January?
3: Uh, I just, I'm hundred sixty five 24, seven, 365 days a, a year worker outer. Uh, so I was back in the gym on Monday. Uh, it's just what I've always done, and I, yeah, I've always enjoyed doing it. And you got a
1: uh, stout matchup against Thales uh, Latest coming up. You're going to be on UFC Fight Night 108. Uh, you're headlining the prelims, is that correct?
3: Yep, yep. I thought I was going to be the main card, but no, they they wanted another big headliner, so they put me on <laughs> there, and uh, I'm, I'm fighting Thales Latest as, as the headline fight.
1: Latis is uh, very dangerous on the ground. As we all know, we've all seen he is uh, very credentialed on the ground. Uh, do you plan on keeping this standing up, or are you comfortable going to the ground and testing your ground skills against him uh, if the fight finds its way there?
3: I plan on beating him up no matter where the fight goes. If it stays standing, I'll, I'll hit him real hard there. If it goes to the ground, who knows, maybe I'll submit him. But uh, I am I'm, I'm really am confident in every part of my game, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to uh, showing it off.
1: Did you get to see his last fight against uh I can only pronounce his last name it's pronounced uh, jotko I believe but did you get to check out that that uh performance
3: Yeah, I got to watch that one and uh, Jotko looked great so I, I'm not going to base too much on uh on Talus on off that fight but uh that that was uh that was a good fight
1: and again, we mentioned that you're headlining the prelims you thought you were going to be on the main card do you have any issue with that or do you already believe that you are a main card fighter?
3: Uh no no issue whatsoever. I I am happy to go wherever the UFC wants me and uh that that main spot on the undercard is usually a big spot because they want it to uh, they they want me to help get people to watch the main card. So I'll will get on there and I'll I'll put on a hell of a show and I'll make people tune into the main card then.
1: And as it pertains to your matchup against the Latest, what do you believe is your biggest uh, advantage heading into this fight?
3: Uh same thing. I believe in most most fights uh, I hit really hard. So, ideally, I can land one of those punches, and and uh, he won't get back up. Uh,
1: we we saw over this past uh, last weekend a pretty massive middleweight fight take place in your division. It was between Jacare Souza and uh, Robert Whittaker. Did you get a chance to check that fight out?
3: Yeah, that was the only fight of the night I got to see, but I, I wanted to make sure to to see that fight. What were your Actually, thoughts on I checked that? It out. Uh, it Whitaker look great. I, I thought the, the ref would look terrible. I thought he stopped it far too early. Uh, and I, I I am a big believer that the ref, the ref's job is to make sure I don't die, not to make sure I don't get hurt. Um, so if it looks like I'm going to die, feel free to stop it. <laughs> if it looks like I'm just going to, you know, have a limp for a while, l- l- let me be. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> and did you uh, have a prediction going into that fight? Did it go the way you expected
3: no, I, I thought Jacare was going to get it down, but Jacare looked incredibly stiff. I mean, he didn't move right. His hands were up way too far. He just he, he didn't look like himself. And uh, Whitaker took full advantage.
1: Right when you get into the top 10 of the middleweight division, it, it's all uh, just a bunch of monsters. At, right at ten, you have Vitor Belfort. Then we mentioned uh, Jotko, who just got that win over Uh, uh You have Derek Brunson. Anderson Silva is at seven, which is crazy to just think about given his history uh, in the division. And then you crack into the top five with you know guys like Weidman, Musasi, Jacare, things like that. You're so close to getting into that top ten uh you know those top 10 rankings and you can crack that with a win over uh uh, latest is that any form of distraction or do you even use that more as like a motivation win this fight and then you are up there with the big guys
3: uh you know earlier today somebody told me that i was number 13 i had no idea i was number 13 uh so so for me it's just a number until i get that belt on my waist uh, and I'll get there. I, I don't care who I fight to have to get there. I don't care how many people I have to fight. I'm just going to keep, keep fighting, keep winning, keep, uh, uh, hopefully knocking people out.
1: And then when you look at that top 10, uh, those top 10 guys, are there anyone in particular that you look at and you're like, Hmm, I, I really like that matchup or the complete opposite. Do you look at somebody and say, Oh, that well, that went, that, that one might be a tough one.
3: Uh, you know, the, probably the same guy that everybody's looking at is uh, Vitor because, you know, he, he's looked terrible his last, I don't know, four fights uh, he, since USADA has come into to play. He's looked pretty <laughs> bad. So, I mean, every middleweight looks at Vitor with, with uh, you know, money signs in their eyes. And then as
1: far as anyone that you believe is going to be a very tough matchup, who, who, who would you put at the very top of that list?
3: Uh, Anderson Silva, he's probably the worst matchup in the, in the world for most people. And especially me, we're both, uh, a little bit of a counter striker, but he's a little faster than I am. So he turns into, I have to push forwards and try and beat his timing. So Anderson Silva would probably be the hardest match in the world for me, but, uh, I, will I'll be ready for it whenever it happens.
1: Speaking of Silva, his legacy has kind of been rivaled as of uh, this past weekend. Demetrius Johnson tied his uh, consecutive title defense record at 10 when he submitted Wilson Hayes, and uh, now everyone's clamoring who's the greatest of all time, who's better, whose championship uh, reign was better. As a middleweight who could possibly face Silva down the line if that were to become an opportunity, who do you think has been more impressive in their career given that you know, they've, they've both just accomplished something crazy as it pertains to being a champion and defending that title 10 consecutive times. Uh,
3: you know, it's, it's I don't know. I, I've got to have them at just about equal. I'd say Silva finished more, but that's not really true. Uh, 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 Mighty Mouse finishes everybody also. Uh, I don't, I, I think Mighty Mouse has, two, has beaten two of the same guy, I think Do- John Dotson twice it uh, where silva's never fought anyone twice like that so maybe that gives silva a slight advantage but they're both so impressive uh that they they really are and they've both beaten the best in their division at the time that they were the champion and um i still think either of them could beat you know the champion right could beat and hold that title for another 10 fights
1: And I believe the last time we spoke, which was just right before your fight in January, the news that GSP was coming back hadn't quite broken yet. Everyone knew he was planning on it, but the the fight between him and Michael Bisping had not become official. Being in this middleweight division and how shaken up it's going to be and put on hold yet again the title picture when Michael Bisping defends against uh, George St. Pierre, what are your thoughts on the whole, uh, you know, GSP coming in receiving an immediate title shot? A lot of people seem to be upset about it. Are you on that boat or are you a little more... Uh, you know, it doesn't
3: it doesn't really affect you in in any way. It doesn't really affect me. But GSP has done more for the sport than just about anybody else. If he wants to go, if he wants to retire and then come back, he should get a median title shot. It's just he he's earned that with the career he's had. So I, I I'm I'm thrilled for him. I'm going to tune in and watch. And unfortunately, I think he's going to get beat.
1: <laughs> oh really? You so you're pre- you're predicting Bisping over a GSP?
3: Yeah, yeah, am. Yeah. What uh w- well.
1: What in particular makes you think that?
3: One, GSP is small. Uh, even for Welterweight, he's not a big Welterweight. He's going to get in that cage against someone who has such good takedown defense as Michael Bisping and such confident stand up like Michael Bisping. I, I just think he's going to be, GSP is going to be found flat. Um, both guys, you know, both guys have kind of made a career out of outpointing their opponent as opposed to finishing. And uh, GSP does it with his wrestling more times than not. And I don't think he's going to be able to outpoint Bisping with his wrestling. Bisping is going to be too big and too good at takedown defense.
1: You see, I'm right there on that boat with you. I get a lot of slack from it from my co-hosts who aren't here, but I get a lot of slack for that. I've been predicting Bisping over at GSP since it was announced, so hope hopefully I'm right. I'm a Bisping fan, so we'll see once that fight comes. Uh, like uh, we've noted before, I has not had a, an official date link to it yet, but uh, one guy who uh, isn't too happy about it is Luke Rockhold, who recently said that he thinks that a interim middleweight title is justified in this uh, situation, given that the past two title defenses Bisping has done has been against, a, I believe he was 14 Ranked Dan Henderson, and now you have uh, George St. Pierre coming back in. So, do you think that an interim title is
3: necessary in this situation? No, I think those interim titles are always dumb. <laughs> I don't think uh, if somebody retires and they don't have a champion, maybe you could do that. But no, just yeah, give them a uh, given an interim belt is just, I mean, you're not the real champion, you're just a guy with, you know, a belt. I have a belt, I think I'm a purple belt. Uh, that, that would <laughs> That would mean just about as much as an interim belt. I I know you can probably make a little more if you have the title interim champ, but Rockhold's coming off a loss. Everyone's coming off a loss except for, what, Musasi and uh, uh, Yoel. And Yoel's a cheater, so I'd say give it to (laughs) Musasi.
1: Yeah, um, speaking of uh, Musasi, how did you feel about that, that, the whole thing that happened in New York between him and Weidman?
3: I thought it was ridiculous, but of no fault of Weidman or Musasi, I thought it was entirely the ref's fault. And he's a good ref. It was just a really bad situation. Uh, that That whole commission seems like they don't know what's going on, the New York commission.
1: Uh, Yeah, as a fighter, does that kind of make you a little hesitant to accept any fights in New York? I mean, I know you're going to be fighting in Tennessee, so that's not really anything on the table at the moment. But if the opportunity were to arise for you to fight in New York, does it make you just a little hesitant that, you know, your record or or something could be potentially screwed up by, you know, this commission who's been making quite a bit of mistakes as of late? Uh,
3: it, It does. And I used to really want to fight in Madison Square Garden, but I don't want to anymore. They're going to let uh, D.C. blatantly cheat like that, I mean, in front of them, and, and then they're going to the screw up. I mean, they, they don't allow replay, and they do allow replay, and then they, yeah, I, I have no interest in fighting in New York anymore until that commission figures out uh, uh, <laughs> which way is up. <laughs> and did you,
1: do you have any, did you wrestle like in, in high school or college or anything like that?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I wrestled two years of high school, two years of college.
1: So is this towel trick thing and not anything new to you? Have you seen this before?
3: Oh, I've seen that before, and I've seen that you stand on your head backstage, and that helps, yeah, a few ounces. Um, I, I actually fought a guy once, and and it was their corners put the towel on on his belly, uh, just on, just enough to to inch him off over the the line. Wow. Yeah, and it's you know what if you get away with it, power to you. Like I've got no ill will towards DC, but the commission is the one that blew the call.
1: I believe that uh, Johnson came in underweight. Uh, at i think it was a pound and a half and then somehow cormier lost a pound and a half so do you think there was any sort of scale tampering that took place or do you want to put this on the on you know on the towel incident
3: no it was all the towel and, and that's if you ever play with it yourself that that towel to touch in the towel touching anything outside of the scale is you'll lose i mean real quickly you'll lose the weight
1: I'm sure you've answered this question uh, so many times. Your nickname, Smiling Sam. Uh, you always seem to be so positive in, in everything you do. Every interview I've ever heard you with, you're, you always have this upbeat attitude and anything like that. Uh, where do you get that from? Why are you always so positive so positive, and, and, and always have that great energy around you?
3: Because I'm surrounded by people I love doing something I love and getting paid a bunch of money to do something <laughs> so, uh, There is... There's, I, it always catches me off guard how, how people like Mike Mike Perry are out there who are just kind of pissed off at the world at all times. I just don't get how that can happen. Uh, just count your blessings, be happy with them, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really uh, fresh outlook on things. You don't really see that too much. Um, so I'm 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 I guess it's safe to say that you don't you're not really a huge fan of you know people who come out and, and and you know trash talk stuff like that kind of like the the conor mcgregors and and people like that uh, in the sport
3: you, you know what's funny is i'm not a big Can- conor mcgregor fan but i love the way he runs his mouth <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i'm obviously the one who's wrong but i don't think he's that good a fighter i think he's got way too many holes uh, but he runs his mouth and he wins those fights because of the way he runs his mouth <gasps> excuse me
1: do you think it's just a matter of him getting into his opponent's head, and they just they're just a little flustered once they get in there?
3: Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it's turned out to be because they're he has the same fighting I mean style every fight. They hit him with a big cross, and that is it. And everybody continues to try and box him. They continue to circle the wrong way. Uh, he, he's shown that he has no wrestling. He's shown that he has no jiu jitsu. He just has a pretty big cross and it keeps working on everybody
1: since we've last spoken the the talk for the potential boxing match between him and floyd has just skyrocketed what are your thoughts on this are you a boxing guy or are you a boxing fan and uh, what do you think about you know what this does for the reputation of not only our sport but of their sport as well
3: uh you know what i i'm i like boxing i don't follow it that much um you know when there's a big super fight i'll tune it on but even then maybe maybe not uh i think Watching Floyd and watching Connor, Connor gets destroyed and quick. I'm saying he gets knocked out in under three. Uh, but I do hope it happens because it's huge. I mean that will be the the, the benchmark for what's a big fight
1: recently because of all this talk you see a lot of fighters come out and they're like well i want to do that too you see guys like nate diaz and uh, jose aldo applying for their boxing license and whatnot Uh, what do you think about you know these mma fighters trying to do boxing as well are you on that boat or or you just want to stick with where you're at mma you're a pure mma uh, you're an mma purist
3: i i will go wherever they want to pay me (laughs) so if they have you know, if Mike Tyson comes out of retirement and says, Sam, I'll give you $2 million to fight me, so I will be there tomorrow. And I'll fight at whatever weight he wants to fight at. I, I will do anything he wants. Uh, <laughs> and so I, if, I'll go where the money. That's the bottom line for me.
1: Uh, if people have listened to this podcast before, they know I'm a big wrestling guy. Last time we had you on, we talked to you about your encounter with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You were on the Broken Skull Ranch. Um, you did fairly well. You made it to the finals and everything, but that, that, that last, you know, rope challenge really gets everybody. And unfortunately, you just couldn't make it to the, the very end. But we also you uh, talked about you being on his podcast and things like that. Um, and I never got the chance to ask you, do you still keep up with the the product today or have you turned off to it?
3: Uh, yeah, I've, I've never watched an episode outside of my episode. I didn't know about it or anything until I was, it popped up on Facebook. I enjoy the show. I just don't watch enough TV. I wish I did. I just don't.
1: Oh, no, I meant, I'm sorry. I, I should have been more clear. I meant, uh, do you still keep up with professional wrestling?
3: Oh, I thought you meant, bro. I, no, but I do intend on it. I grew up with it. I love it to, de- to death. Uh, and I want my kids to get into it. I might be the only person ever that says that, but I want my kids <laughs> to look. And so, uh, as soon as he's old enough to understand a little bit, then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start watching it again.
1: And uh, why, why do you want uh, him to, you know, get into it? Because I
3: liked it, so he he'll like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you say you haven't watched it in a while, so I'm guessing you didn't get a chance to check out WrestleMania this past. Month. No,
3: I I read you know the play by play. I read everything. You, you, WrestleMania is usually the the one uh, a year I will get to see. Uh, I have some coaches that are into it, uh, but we I they didn't have their party this year.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> um, and how old is your son, by the way? We we talk about you know your fighting career and everything like that. What how, what's the family like? You um, you have uh, is is that your only child, or do you have more? No, than I've one?
3: I've got three. So my oldest is three, my middle is two, and then my youngest is eight months.
1: And then uh, your wife is obviously a big part of your career She's always in your corner um, how, how long have you been married with her?
3: Uh, we've been together for get, getting close to 12 years But we've been married for uh, just over 4
1: Okay, that's great And how much, uh, how, how much of a motivating factor is it to have her in your corner?
3: Uh, she's the reason I am, I'm the fighter I am today uh, she, she, she took it under herself to learn about MMA and to get me involved uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have the career I have without her.
1: And does the, the she, you know, train as well or is, does she just help, you know, coach you?
3: Uh, from the beginning we, we always rolled together. So she's more of a jujitsu gal, uh, than, than, than a striker. Sorry, I got the hiccups and I always get those <laughs> the week of my weight cut and oh, it just drives me nuts. And I'm going to have them for the next, I don't know, four days. Um, <laughs> but she, she uh, yeah, she 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 loves doing all this stuff. She loves watching it. She loves doing it. Uh she she's, you know, she, she's wonderful.
1: You said you've rolled together uh a few times. Now, be honest with me, has she ever made you tap?
3: Oh yeah, all all, all the time. I just beg her say please, please, please turn turn your rings around.
1: <laughs> uh, <sighs> Um, we mentioned the weight cutting, and we could hear the hiccups the past uh, couple minutes. Um, what What are your thoughts about you know weight cutting in MMA? We've seen like you know all these problems with like we mentioned Daniel Cormier having a little trouble making weight, so you have to do that towel thing. Um, and a lot of guys lately, it seems, have been missing weight in, on these events. Uh, we saw Khabib. Nearly, you know, die uh, according to him in his weight cut, and that you know, uh, cost MMA fans a, a huge fight and it put him and in, in his health in jeopardy. So, uh, what are your thoughts on you know, weight cutting in MMA? Do you think there needs to be some changes to it, some more weight classes added? Um, you know, what do you think should be done about this?
3: No, I don't think there should be any more weight classes added because all that'll happen is you'll add more weight classes and then people will just cut from bigger. Uh, it's, it's a responsibility thing. Understand yourself. Uh, if, if you're having problems making weight, find somebody that knows how to help you make weight. Uh, I've got George Lockhart. He's, he's coming out. Uh, he's either here now or gets here tomorrow morning, and he's going to help me cut. I think me and Jake Gelliberger, he's going to help cut all week. And, and I used him in Colorado and is the easiest cut of my life. So the, these guys, they have no excuses. They were lazy in some part of their career. And it's just ridiculous.
1: And how's the weight cut going for you right now?
3: Oh, it's wonderful. I, I'm about three pounds lighter th- than I normally am at this time. So it should be a real easy cut.
1: That's great to hear. Um, well, uh, Sam, I won't keep you any longer. I know you got the hiccups. I heard the kid earlier uh, uh, when we first started the interview. Uh, anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to plug before we get out of here?
3: Hey, just everyone. If, if you want to spar me, if you want to come in and play with my gym, come to Team Quest. Southern California, we'd love We'd love to have you. Hit me up on Twitter, and uh, I, I can help get you there.
1: And where's your? Uh, what is your Twitter
3: handle? It's at Smilin' Sam.
1: All right, Smiling Sam, going to be taking on Thail's latest uh, this weekend UFC. Um, that is going to be uh, UFC Swanson versus Lobov, uh, April twenty second, two thousand seventeen, Bridgestone Arena, Nashville, Tennessee. Smiling Sam, thank you very much for joining us.
3: Thank you so much for having me on.
1: All right, have a great one. And that was my interview with Sam Alvey. Guys, how do you think that fight between Alvey and Laetis is going to go?
0: Well, it's, like, it's the, the, um, the main cut, the main fight Sorry, on the prelims. Um, and it's an absolute war. Um, I mean, Talis Laetis has been in the UFC for God knows how long. He fought Anderson Silva for a title shot back before UFC 100. Um, great submissions on the ground. Great top game but he has lost three of his last four fights. So um, I'm going to have to go with Alvey. I'm going to have to go with a momentum. He's on a four-fight win streak. He carries big power, and he's got great takedown defense. So I'm going to lean towards Sam Alvey. I picked against him last time, against Nate Marquardt. Uh, I'm not going to do it again this time. And I'm going to go with a round three TKO for Sam Alvey.
1: Yeah, I see it about the – almost the same way. Um, you know, I think it's going to be tough for for Latest to get this to the ground because obviously that's where he's going to want to get it. Um is a pretty big guy, pretty strong guy, wrestling background. I don't think he's going to let him uh, take him down that easy. Obviously, Alvi has the advantage on the feet, great knockout power. Um, and he, he – you know, he's got a gas tank on him. He, he's lasted these last two fights in Mexico City um, and in uh, – Colorado. So he he's been fighting in altitude. It's going to be nice for him to come back uh, and fight in Tennessee. I think he's going to have a great gas tank on him. Uh, I'm going to go with Alvi and I think I think Dallas is going to be a little difficult to put away. So I'm going to say unanimous decision for Alvi
2: Yeah, I'm a huge Sam Alvi fan, man. Obviously, he's a good friend of the podcast. He's he's all round nice guy. Um, he's on a he's on a bit of a tear at the moment, and his, his opponent is the complete opposite. He's lost three of his last four, so. Um, I fancy Alvi, I really do. I think if it goes to the ground, he could end up in a bit of trouble. Obviously, Latos' jiu-jitsu is is very, very high level. Um, but like you boys have both just said, I think it's. I think Alvi's a tough dude to get down, and Alvi's a big dude to get down. He is a big guy, um, and his takedown defense is pretty sharp. So... For that reason, I am going to go Sam Alvey and exactly like John said, Latest is a tough dude to put away man. He doesn't get stopped very often. When he loses, it's usually a decision. So I am going to go Sam Alvey, unanimous
0: decision. Next fight is the first fight on the main card. We've got six fights on the main card this weekend and it's to be honest it is a pretty stacked card, mate. It, from top to bottom, there's great fights everywhere. Really hard to pick them. We've got Jake Ellenberger versus Platinum Perry. Mike, Platinum Perry, mate. What a fight. How'd you boys see it going?
1: Yeah, Perry uh, was really good in his first two fights in the UFC. Really came on uh, the scene strong with his, you know, gift of gab on the mic. And then, obviously, the knockouts. And he went up against tough competition against Alan Joban. And Joban just outclassed him to a decision. Um, Joban's a guy who's been in there, you know, with, with, you know, he, he has, he's a UFC veteran and he's very well-rounded and I think that he's going to get the same thing with Ellenberger who is a veteran who is coming off of a strange loss to Masvidal when he got his, uh, foot stuck in the cage. But before that he had a tremendous knockout of over, um, Matt Brown. So I think we're going to see, you know, Ellenberger have a fire lit under his ass in this fight and I think he's going to come out. And uh, I think he's going to get the win, so I'm, I'm going to go with Ellenberger unanimous decision. Your boy Scott Platinum Perry's back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not
2: sure. Um, <laughs> I like I like Perry. He, he, he's a funny guy on the mic. He's there, uh, you know. He's got God's gift tattooed across his stomach. I'm not sure. I think he might win the the contest for the worst tattoo, either him or Homeboy out of Team Alpha Male with damage across his chest. What's that <laughs> fellow called? <laughs> um, Aaron Elkins. <laughs> Darren Elkins, yeah, after his scrap um, he had the other week. What a fight that was, but in terms of tattoos, wow, Jesus Christ. But God's gift, mate. I um, I could see Platinum Perry getting it done this weekend. I fancy his power against Ellenberger. Ellenberger's a tough dude, and like John said, he, he had that major... Uh, I think he was going to get cut before, after that Matt Brown fight. I think that was kind of a final straw for him. We heard rumours that he said to Dana, you know, give me one more fight, please, please, please. And he really went out there and, and took it to Matt Brown, and um, he, he stopped him and then he yeah that weird fight with that which you can't really judge it was a freak incident he got his toast up I, obviously I, I still fancied Masvidal to win that but um, yeah Mike Perry man he's looked awesome apart from the Alan Jaban fight where Jaban shut him down um, there was a lot of shit talking quite a lot of animosity coming into that fight I think he got the better of him um, but I yes I'm gonna go for Platinum Perry um and I'm gonna go for the round two TKO. I think he, uh, I think his power might, might shine through.
0: Wow, you and John picks uh, pick uh, different winners, yeah? What's going on here, mate? The first you time too, for everything, you, my no, friend. No more pre-podcast
1: you, you, collaborating.
0: You, you yeah. two fell out, of, yeah? You two fell out. Yeah. Trying to catch me up in the points battle, mate. He, say, he said oh. I
2: look like Roy Nelson.
0: <laughs> Mark Hunt versus Roy Nelson over here, mate. We'll send some pictures on Insta, mate. You can judge who looks more like Roy Nelson, who looks more like Mark Hunt. We'll get it going, mate. We'll get it going. Um, My prediction for the Ellenberger-Perry fight, probably one of the the most exciting uh, fights on the card for me. Um, Ellenberger, like you boys said, had that weird fight with Masvidal. And even if he'd lost to him legitimately, you know, Masvidal could be fighting for the title by the end of the year. So no shame in that. Ellenberger's been around for absolutely ages. Mike Perry's, what, three fights in the UFC, two and one. Knocked both people out, and then lost to Jaban. Like you said, he's got a hundred percent KO ratio. All nine fights of his in his professional career have ended in knockout. Big power. He did struggle against Joban. Jaban started to mix it up. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't defend the leg kicks very well, and sort of took took Perry's base out of him. Um, if Ellenberger adopts the same sort of game plan, you know that kick against Matt Brown right to right to the liver ended Matt Brown's night. Um, if he sort of I believe Ellenberger's a more technical striker. I think he's got great hooks, and if he can adopt them kicks as well, I think he could probably catch Perry being over-aggressive, um, maybe with a with, with a short left hook or a short right hook. And I'm going to go Ellenberger because he's been on such a bad run lately, and he had that one win against Matt Brown. I think he's going to pull another win out of the bag, and I'm going to go Jake Ellenberger, round one TKO. Sorry, Platinum Perry, brother. Sorry. <laughs> Next fight, we have a lightweight belt versus Joe, who I like to call Hands of Stone Lozon versus Stevie Ray out of the UK. I'm a poet. Let's go. What would you boys think?
1: Uh, I'm a big Joe Lozon fan ever since he came onto The Ultimate Fighter. I was pulling for him the whole time. Him and Nate uh, were my, my two favorites on that season. Uh, probably one of the best seasons of all time on that show. But um, Stevie Ray, you know, he was on a nice little win streak. Uh, not little. I, I think it was about like a 5-5 win streak, five, five win streak before he lost to Alan Patrick in a unanimous decision. Then he had that split decision win over Ross Pearson, which personally I think Ross won. Um, so his, his last two fights, you know, he, he, he's been a little iffy. Um, I like Lozon in this. I think he's going to be able to get this one to the ground. Uh, I think he has the advantage on the feet as well, to be honest with you. So um, I'm gonna go with Lozon, uh, and I think he's gonna get it done with uh, in the third round with a submission.
2: Yeah, huge fan of Joe Lozon. Um, love watching him fight. Did he that fight with Martin Held? Was that the one where Held clearly won, and the judges fucked up, and Lozon was sort of putting his hands up and saying, "Oh, I shouldn't have won that." Was that that fight? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, if that if that decision goes against him, then he, he's lost three of his last four. But mm. he's such a fan favorite man. You know, he's a company guy. He's been there for years and years and years, and he uh, he always puts on performance. Stevie Ray. I'm the same with John. I think I think I thought Pearson won that fight um, in Northern Ireland. I think it was would not it? I think it was on the Uriah Hall Masasi um, card. But I thought I thought Paul Pearson won that fight. It was close. It was close. Um, but I think Lozon's going to have too much experience for, for Stevie Ray this time around. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I think Lozon's, Lozon's hands recently have looked so impressive, even in the held fight, which, you know, we think he lost. He um, he looked really good on the feet, but obviously his um, speciality is his, is his jiu-jitsu and his, his ground game, um, and that's where I'm leaning towards for my pick. I'm going to go Joe Lozon with a round two submission.
0: Yeah, I am... Uh... I'm not going to break the mould. I'm going to go with Joe Lozon, unanimous decision win. I think um, his jiu-jitsu is on another level from Stevie's, but I think he's probably going to spend a lot of the time on the feet like he has done. Um, With Marcin Held, it went to the ground. Marcin Held is a great submission artist as well, but Lozon's liked to keep it standing quite recently, and I think if he keeps it standing, I don't think he's going to be able to get Stevie Ray out of there. I think if it does go to the ground, Lozon's got a great, great chance of getting a submission, but I'm going to go unanimous decision for Joe Lozon and Stevie Ray's too tough to put away. Um, Next, we have a bantamweight fight. It is John Dodson versus Eddie Wineland. Fantastic fight. How do you see it going?
1: This is actually one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most on the card. Um, You got two guys who have knockout power at bantamweight. You got Dodson, who is just probably one of the fastest guys if not the fastest guy at bantamweight he's just so quick and then you have wineland who has finished you know his last two fights via tko i think he knocked out mizugaki in his last fight so um yeah i'm really excited for this fight uh i honestly think that uh dodson's just going to be a little too fast for him and i think he's a better striker so i'm going to go with dodson and i think he's going to finish this in the second round with a knockout
2: yeah, this is a fun fight, man. I like, I like Dodson at uh, Bantamweight. Obviously, he's had two fights there now. He, he, he won, and then he, he lost that fight to uh, Lineker, that main event, which was a good scrap. Um, I think power-wise, these guys, are, I, I don't see much in it at all. I, don't, I can't really call the power between them. I think Dodson and Wyneland have both got probably the mo- one of the, you know, the most powerful guys in the division. But I do think that Dodson is faster than Wyneland. I think that'll be the key. I think the way Dodson moves in and out, and the angles that he throws, will cause Wainland some problems. Like I just said, the power's still there, so Eddie could catch him quite easily. But I, I just think that I think the speed may be a little too much for for Eddie Wineland. Um So I'm going to pick John Dodson to win. Uh, I think the power might nullify against each other, so we uh, we're just going to see a, a three round war. I'm going John Dodson unanimous, unanimous decision, and it's going to be my gold pick as well.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Well, we've got two former title contenders, John Dodson and Eddie Wineland. Wineland actually fought uh, Hen and Burrell for the Bantamweight title back when Burrell was just, just KOing everyone and submitting everyone. And John Dodson's actually fought DJ twice, so uh, actually not DJ down at flyweight and um, had two five-round battles with him. So two former title contenders, great fight. I do see the speed being the key for Dodson. Like you said, he's gonna to have to get inside Wineland's Wineland has a weird fighting style. If you've never seen him fight, he has his hands real low. And I'm talking not 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 just a little bit low, you know, his fists are by his hips and it's a it's a weird stance he has, but his his jabs and his straight punches come up from from his hips and they're sometimes hard to hard to see coming for his opponents, but then it also does leave him. Open to to the over the overhand right, which he's been caught a few times with. If he gets caught by Dodson, Dodson will put him away. Um, and I think that's going to happen in the first round. I've got Dodson round one KO. Next we have, I mean, there's so many great fights on this main card. We're still three fights away from the main one. We've got OSP and Delima in the light heavyweight division. Two giants compared to Dodson and Wineland. How do you see it going, John?
1: The odds are that this fight's gonna finish in the first round. I mean almost every f- fight, actually, I think his last six fights, DeLima, you know whether he wins or loses he the fight is finished in the first round, and he's very good he he's able he obviously has the knockout power he's able to finish you on the ground um he, you know he can he can choke you out um but i think. Owen St. Pru is, you know, not too happy with his past couple performances. He's coming off of that loss to uh, Jimmy Manoa, that knockout, um, uh, and. Uh That was in England, I believe. And then he lost a split decision uh, to someone whose name I cannot remember. It was on that that Korean Zombie uh, versus Dennis Bermuda's card. And prior to all of that, he had lost to John Jones in an interim uh, light heavyweight title fight. So that's three straight losses for OSP. Um, I think he's going to come back in strong, and I think he's going to get the knockout uh, in the first round. He has tremendous knockout power, and I think we're going to see that in the first round.
2: Yeah, yeah. This DeLima dude, I think he, he's been around for a while and he's fought numerous times, but I can't picture him in my head, I'll be brutally honest. Um, I'm sure I've on the right Yeah, I'm sure I've am sure i seen some of his fights before, but I, I can't picture him right now. Um, OSP really needs a win, man, really needs a win. Um, he had that devastating KO loss to Manawa after he you know, went five rounds with Jones. Everybody thought, oh man, Manua, um, OSP's a tough dude. And then he went and got knocked out like he did in London. Against, sorry yeah. Manchester, I think it was. Yeah, against Jimmy Manoa. So he really needs a victory. Um so I'm gonna give it to him in this one. I think he um I think he might get it done. I think he knows he's got he's lost three on the bounce. He's gonna come out strong and I'm gonna go for OSP gonna go for a round two TKO just because like we said previously, any any fight this homeboy's in gets finished early. So I'm I'm going for the second round. Um, I don't I don't see this going a distance.
0: Yeah, I can't ignore um, De Lima's urgency to get the fight at, at done. You know, whether he wins or loses, he, he comes out aggressive. Um, he, you know, Brazilian, great jiu-jitsu. Uh, OSP's had a bit of trouble on, on the ground. He has, he does have a couple submission wins um, to his name, but he, he, he ends up losing more often than not. If it's if, if it's down on the ground, he got submitted by Glover. Um, like you said, that KO loss to Mano was a bad one. Um, the Jones, I believe his arm got broken in that fight. Whether that's really recovered, you don't know, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Delima getting the, the finish. Uh, I see it going two ways. I see him catching OSP. I think he's the more technical striker. OSP is carries big, big power, but he's so unorthodox and wild. You know, he hasn't been striking a long time. He's a great athlete, so he's adopted it pretty quickly, but he still lacks the fundamentals, which has cost him his last couple of fights. And, I see that happening again, and whether DeLima finishes it on the ground with strikes or a submission, I'm not too sure, but I believe it's going to happen in the first round, and I'm going to go with Lima round one, TKO, KO. Do not be surprised if he jumps on a choke instead. (laughs) Right. For the third week running, the co-main has been my people's main event, and this is no different, mate. It is raging out. Quinta versus Diego Sanchez, the people's main event like Diego Sanchez is always we've got raging Al, who's still ranked in the top 15 seeing as he hasn't fought since what mid 2015 when he, when he, when he got the win over Masvidal When you're booing me, you're booing me. And, uh, he's had loads of contract issues since then, but great to see him back. He is on a four fight win streak. When you look back on it, how do you see this one going boys?
1: Yeah, this is going to be a great fight and it's good to see Al, Quinta back uh, in the octagon. Um, but yeah, Diego Sanchez is a fucking warrior, man. His last fight with that, when he walked the cage in that standing guillotine, was just insane. Um, but I think it's he's you know Sanchez is winding down in his career, and I like I I can't I think he uh, you know he's obviously training out of a great camp, and I think the time off is going to be good for him. Uh, we may see a little bit of uh, you know ring rust in the beginning, but. I think he'll get back on it. And I, I think he's just going to be the overall better fighter uh, that night. Sanchez is too tough for me to predict to be finished. So I think Ayakint is going to win this one with a unanimous decision.
2: Yeah, this is going to be a good fight, man. So every Any fight Diego Sanchez is in is, is a beast. Um, it's an exciting fight. And and Quanta usually brings it as well, man. So it's good to see him back. It's going to have been over a year no over two years I think a, I, I think
0: it might be about nearly two years
2: yeah nearly two years or so since I and Quentin last fought so that could play a factor I mean Sanchez isn't the most frequent fighter in, in the world but he's been in there more frequently than I and than, than has but um, but yeah, I expect Al to come out and win this. I really do. I think Sanchez is a tough, durable guy, but I, I think, I think Al and will win this. Um, I think he'll win it three rounds to none. I really do. I think he'll, I think he'll beat Sanchez. So I'm going to go for Al a unanimous decision.
0: Yeah, um, can't wait for this fight. I see it being typical Diego Sanchez. I see. I Quinter probably getting the better of him uh, in the first half of the fight, probably being a more crisper striker. Um, if Diego looks to take this to the ground, it could be a wild fight. You know, Diego loves the scrambles, great wrestler, great jiu-jitsu. Iaquinta has no, no slouch himself there. But I see it probably being contested on the feet for, you know, the majority of the the first half of the fight and then maybe a little, most of the second round. But I see I Quinter slowing down a little bit just because he hasn't fought for a while. And then in typical Diego fashion, I see... Diego coming back and maybe winning a little bit of the second round and then and then coming back in the third round and really, you know, making a case for him to maybe get the decision. But I'm going to say the first half of the fight, I, Quinter gets too much of a lead in the judges' eyes, and I'm going to say he gets a split decision. I'm going to say because Diego gets the crowd rattled up, um, he's probably going to get a round or two on some of the judges' scorecards, and I, Quinter wins by split decision. Right, so we've all gone raging out there to get back uh, to... That'll be five wins in a row if he can get a win this weekend, mate. So he can make a real case at 155 if he does pick up the win over Diego onto the main event. Some think it's a bit of a strange event. A few fighters have come out and said, including uh, Swanson, and saying they don't believe Artem should be in a main event, and it's only because you know he's McGregor's boy. And but I ain't complaining. It's a it's a real exciting matchup. Ranking wise, it doesn't make sense after Swanson uh, had that amazing fight with Choi, but. I'm happy to see it. How do you see this one going, boys?
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think Lobov is ready for a main event s- spot, especially against a caliber guy like Cub Swanson. But, uh, you know, take advantage of, of what, who's around you. And, and, and you know, he's just basically taking advantage of an opportunity. So you can't really fault him for it. Um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, this is going to be a little too much for Artem at this point. Um, I will give him that he is training with Connor, who probably has... The best movement out there right now, Uh, Cub is you know very slick on his feet as well. I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. Cub, you know, has great knockout power. He moves very well. Um, He's you know obviously a little more well rounded. He's a black belt in in jujitsu, and I think that's really what's going to be Artem's downfall here. Obviously, he Artem is a great you know knockout artist. He he has the knockout power for sure, but. Man, did you see Cub Swanson's last fight against Duho Choi? He can take a fucking hit, so mm. I don't think uh, I don't think Artem has it in him to be able to finish Cub. In all honesty, and I think that Cub's probably gonna get this fight to the ground. I think uh, Artem's probably gonna struggle with that, um, and I and I see Cub getting a second round submission uh, for this fight. That's gonna. That's also I didn't mention earlier, but my gold pick is
0: gonna be Sam Alvey. Okay, nice pick, nice pick. Jack, who you got for the main event, mate?
2: Yeah, um, I like this fight, mate. I really, really do, actually. I like that it's five rounds as well. Um, I think it will bring out the best in both guys. We've seen what Swanson had in his last fight against uh, Duho Choi. That was wild. Um, and Lobov came off a good performance against Homeboy, who he wasn't supposed to be. Um, uh, Ishishari, or whatever his name is from, I think he's an Alpha Male as well. Is he Alpha Male boy, yeah. I think? Um, yeah. So yeah, he's looked good. He's, he, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure he's earned a. Uh, it was a good performance by Lobov. I'm not sure he's earned a uh, main event slot against Cub, a highly ranked fire like that. But that, sometimes that's the way it goes, man. And sometimes sometimes these guys need a, need that break. Having said that, I think Cub's too experienced for him, man. I think it's too big of a step up and too soon. Um, I think it's going to be a wild fight. I really do. I think it's going to be wild. But I have got Swanson taking it in the in the third round. I think he finishes um, Lobov via. Air. TKO, I reckon, uh, I think Lobov might drop Swanson, you know, maybe drop him on, on, on one of the first two rounds with a big overhand, um, but I just don't think he's going to have the experience to, to finish him off, and Swanson's so tough, so uh, Swanson round three, TKO.
0: Yeah, I, I really like this fight, style-wise, anyway, um, a few things, Lobov come out real tactful, the night that McGregor beat Diaz, um, Lobov had a fight as well and he come out and he had a similar game plan to McGregor. You know, he's landing a lot of leg kicks, showed a lot more discipline in his game from uh, when I see him on tough. He was just a brawler, just at and out brawler, and he could take a punch and he can give a punch. Um, that being said, the attribute to be able to take a punch is probably going to keep him in the contest uh, a bit longer than I think Use lot do. Um, I think he's going to have his moments against Swanson, but... Swanson's confidence is sky high now after being on that skid. He, he's won three fights in a row. If he wins this again, mate, he's calling for a number one contenders battle or maybe even the winner of Aldo Holloway. So I'm going to go with Swanson You know, dominating the most of the fight, but Lobov having his, having his moments. And I'm going to say that Swanson doesn't get it out, him out of there. They probably both fade towards the fourth and fifth, and it gets a little bit sloppy. But I'm going to say Swanson gets the unanimous decision um just to clarify my goal pick is delima round one ko tko john yours is sam alvey unanimous decision and jack you have got dodson unanimous decision goal pick we're just gonna take a quick advert and then i'll be back with my betting tip of the week subscribe and download the right hook radio podcast for free on itunes and soundcloud both apps are available on all smartphones also check out our youtube channel right hook radio for video content Please give us a thumbs up on our YouTube videos and a five star rating on iTunes. Quickly to wrap up the episode, I have got another betting tip for you this weekend. Apologies for last week's betting tip. I did say a Jack Ray Whitaker will be done in under 1.5 rounds. We were so close. Um, for the people that have followed it and followed the bet before, we could have very, very been two for two. Um, my betting tip this week the actual odds on UK betting websites are not out yet. But my tip will be for the OSP and Lima fight to finish in under 1.5 rounds. Or if you want to risk it, go for just straight round one finish on either man's side. You can't ignore Lima's six fights in the UFC all ending in the first round, whether he wins or loses. OSP has had quite a few early finishes himself. Um, I will be posting up on our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook the actual odds for that when it comes out. So be sure to follow it and pick up that tip. Also, Ellen Berger is quite a big underdog on this card. I think he's got a great chance of winning when the odds officially come out. I'll also tweet that um, and follow us and and send us in your betting slips. you know we had a we had a, we had someone email us this week of his betting slip. He put uh, what was it Whitaker to win by KO and, and Demetrius Johnson to win in rounds three or four. So you know he's he's gone off our picks and, and he's won quite a bit of money on it so we'll I'll post that betting slip up for you. Uh, Tag us in Instagram and Facebook or or Twitter and get your betting slips up and and let us know how you do. And uh, we will catch you next week. Enjoy the fights.